welcome to today's promo space. For those who don't know, my name is Vinny Driscoll. I'm the Digital Content Director at ASI, and I'm thrilled to have as a guest today, Erin Rollo. She's ASI's Marketing Manager of Distributor Services. Erin, welcome to the promo space. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I uh, thank you, Vinny, for giving me this opportunity, and I think that we have a really great topic on board. So, you know, I'm excited to share what we uh, have. Yeah, so the topic today is how to gain new customers for your business, um, including how to use social media um, to prospect. Now, social media is really kind of my corner of uh, the industry, and I, that's sort of why I really want to, to jump in on this uh, topic, um, because you had written a blog about, um, about how to gain new business, and one of your talking points was social media. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk it. We're going to touch base on that. Um, before we get started, I just want to encourage anyone who has a question or a comment to hold it until the end. Um, most of you in here have you've heard this before. Um, if you want to join the conversation and you're on mobile, uh, you should see a request mic button in the bottom left hand corner of your phone. Uh, when we finish our discussion, which should be about 30 minutes, uh, we'll encourage comments. Then if you're on desktop. Of course, you can only listen. Um, all right, so let's get this space started. So, Aaron, um, before we get into the question that I sent you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been at ASI and your background in marketing and sales? Yeah, sure. So I have been at ASI now going on six months, so kind of a newbie myself um, and somewhat familiar with the industry. I was actually working for a company on the supplier side. Um, We dealt more with gifting, though, and awards and things like that. It was a Swedish crystal company. Um, But I was very excited about the opportunity to come to ASI. I grew up in the area, so I was familiar with the building itself, being on Street Road, um, kind of driving past that day in and day out when I was a little younger. And um, yeah, I mean, the promo industry, it's a large industry. Industry, um, you know, many different outlets and avenues of customers out there. And it is just forever growing and kind of changing. So I was really excited with the chance. And I work with a great team. Um, and I did love the just the fact that ASI is run by a family, you know, and that's one of the things that they pride themselves on. So I'm happy to be here. And so far, the experiences have been um, really good for my career and my growth. So is your background in marketing? Yes. So my background is in marketing. um, And I also did some website sales for my previous company and product development, too. And before that, I even dabbled in buying. So women's clothing. I was a buyer. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I ask people um, a lot of my conversations uh, in my podcast. I always ask people how they sort of found themselves in this industry and everyone's got a really great story. And, and, you know, I know there's a, there's a lot of people who grow up in this industry and they sort of, they're born into it. So they understand it from an early age and, and they really kind of, you know, they've been educated all, all along from their, their family and on what the industry is and, and what you need to do to thrive in it. But to me, a lot of people in this industry come from diverse backgrounds and education. Like from, for instance, I went to school, to be a journalist and you know i wanted to write and i found my way into online and then sort of going into webmaster areas of content management and website uh you know overview and and then i found myself in this industry um and then doing marketing you know social media was not part of my background because social media wasn't around when i went to school um you know it was something i learned on the fly and 
you know, now here I am 15 years in the industry. And I will say that I am now a marketer. I never went to school for marketing, yet here I am. Um, so our topic today is how to gain new customers for your business. And it's based on a blog that you had written, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. You had written a, a blog for the imprints and you had all these talking points. And I said to myself, you know what? This is this is a conversation that I that this industry thirsts for. You know, they're always looking to to gain new customers. Um, and you had um, some really good bullet points on that. And I want to touch uh, on each one of those bullet points. Um, so let me ask you about the first one. Um, and it's about, you know, reaching out to existing clients, not necessarily about how to gain new customers, but actually tapping into the power of, you know, your existing clients. So why is it important to reach out to, um, your existing base, um, on a regular, uh, basis? Yeah. So, I mean, let's get started. That's a great question. And again, it's not just about following up after an order, but you kind of want to look for reasons to reach out to a client and check in on a, on a regular basis. You know, this is one of the best ways to help uncover their needs. And if you can find out maybe what their birthday or work anniversary is, that's just another great chance to say hi. Um, you could even kind of go beyond that. And if, whatever their industry might be and what their busy times are. A good example of this could be, you know, if your industry is schools, um, you'd want to reach out to them maybe a few months ahead of time uh, before the new school year. And just keep in mind that there are also year-round events that take place. So always have those kind of thoughts in your head of how are you going to contact um, the customers and what are things that you could uh, reach out to them for. Yeah. And I love that you had, um, you know, the birthday part, you know, mm -hmm. it's like find out what their birthday is. And right there, that's an email once a year. You know, that that is something that should always be a given. You know, you reach out, you, you know, you wish your your customer a happy birthday. And a lot of businesses do that. You know, even for me, you know, my emails that, you know, everyone gets spam, you get tons of email every day. And when it's your birthday, you notice those emails that say, happy birthday, happy birthday. And you're like, oh, you know, it's like, that's nice, you know, that that the brands are actually uh, keeping, you know, keeping you in mind when it's your birthday. They have all that information, whether or not you remember that you gave it to them. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's something that I think is very important in keeping um, in touch with your clients. Now, Aaron, do you have like how often should you be? contacting your your customers yeah i mean there's no really right or wrong you don't want to be too um too fluent with things you know where they feel like you're smothering them um but whether you have again with the birthday or anniversary those are always great personal touches but maybe at least monthly perhaps or again just depending on what the industry is if you know that's something big might be taking place, uh, whether it's, you know, your industry is real estate and something big in the neighborhood might be going on. I mean, again, it could just be a good time to say, hey, summer and spring are great times to, you know, be listing your home, make sure you're getting out there and in front of these um, realtors, uh, do they have all the supplies that they need to get out there and make that sale themselves? So again, it's always just great to keep an eye out on events and things happening in your area to help make those connections. So I'd say maybe at least monthly or, you know, every few months just to check in. Again, you never know what could be on their calendars or things that are upcoming that they might be waiting for the last minute. And then they hear from you perhaps and they're like, oh, that's right. You know, I should get those pens that that I've been needing. 
That's great advice. And also, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more about the power of social media, but also if you are connected to your customer on social media, you can also really kind of mine a lot of information through social media about them. Uh, for instance, they're, you know, a life event, you know, did somebody have a baby, uh, celebrate a, you know, a big win in their life, something, you know, keep, keep tabs on what they're doing in social media. And then you can use that as um, a reason to get in contact with them. Because I know a lot of people will, you know, they'll be friends with their customers on social media. That's not unheard of, um, you know, and that's uh, an easy way to sort of keep abreast with what's going on in their lives. For sure. So that's, really, that's great information. Now, um, I know we have a few more people that have rolled in here. We got Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? Maple Ridge Farms, Natasha and Scott. Hello, everyone. I'm waving at everyone. I'm going to wave to everyone. If you can wave back, that would be awesome. Um, and we're talking today about how to gain new customers for your business. And of course, um, you know, I'm talking to Erin Rollo. Uh, she is the uh, marketing manager for distributor services here at ASI. And I would love for input from, from anyone. If you want to request the mic, you know, we can certainly get you up. Um, I have a bunch of questions I'm going to be asking Erin, uh, and then we can get anybody up who wants to speak. So, Erin, let's talk about referrals. Um, they seem to be an easy way to, for lead generation, but so, so many people forget to do it. Can you share some tips on how you can tap into the power of referrals? Sure. So yeah, again, like you said, a lot of people forget about referrals or they're a little hesitant to do them. But you know, you want to make sure to ask your customers for referrals. And it's such an easy form of lead generation. And again, many just forget to do it. Um, I mean, the simplest way to go about this is to just add a line to your email signature on your POs or invoices asking for a referral. I mean, that way you don't even always have to remember it's right there. Um, sometimes it can help to offer maybe a discount or a free gift as a sign of thanks. And another perfect time to ask is when you follow up after an order is received. You know, if you have a happy customer who just received their order, everything went well, they were very happy with your delivery and things, then you can ask them for a referral. You can even then ask if there's anyone that they think could benefit from promo that you could possibly reach out to. That's excellent. Now, um, I've, I'm not a salesperson. Uh, and we, I talked about this earlier. I'm a journalist by trade. I'm not somebody who is comfortable selling. Uh, but from what I've read about referrals and ASI turns out a lot of literature about um, referrals. And it seems like one of the, the roadblocks to, to referrals is actually asking. There's like some apprehension you feel. And it, this to me seems like it's it's like, it doesn't make any sense. If a salesperson is good at sales, why would they be apprehensive about asking for uh, a referral? It seems kind of counterintuitive to me, but why do you think it is people are, are apprehensive about asking for a referral? I mean, again, they could just be sort of unsure, you know, what the response is going to be. And People just might not like to hear no, which, you know, I'm one of those people. Um, and if that's the case, then you could just ask them maybe directly if the topic ever comes up that they recommend you um, to anyone they know. If they don't feel like perhaps giving a name is the right thing to do and, you know, they could then suggest somebody on their own time if the conversation ever arises. But, you know, it's best to just get out there and remember 
a referral is the best way to go about a lead generation. So even though you might be a little apprehensive about it, you're, again, the top tip I gave, putting that line in your email signature. This way it's there. You could not sort of forget about it, but at the same time, forget about it because they will see that always on an invoice, a PO or your email signature um, if you are apprehensive about asking for that. Yeah, so my, my brief history of selling when I was in college, when I went to Penn State University, I took a job as for telemarketing. And, you know, these these were jobs that every college probably has where you just get on the phone and you're trying to sell um, whatever it is they want you to sell. And I was terrible at it. I was so bad at it because I just didn't have that killer instinct. You know, hey, do you want to buy this? No. OK, goodbye. Like to me, I felt like. I was, I was nervous. I didn't, I, when someone says no to me, that's, that's, that means no. And it's, it, it, there's a feeling of rejection. And I know that for salespeople uh, who are really good at their jobs, they find ways to, to, to get around that. And they, that was, that just wasn't me. And when it comes to referrals, I think a lot of people have that apprehension where, you know, they're the fear of rejection. Um, but I think you just have to get over that. It, what's the worst they could say is no. Right. So I think you just have to get over that and you have to be okay that that's going to happen sometimes. Right. So let's talk about social media. And this is really, you know, the, the angle of why I wanted to get you on here because you devoted a lot of your, uh, your blog to social media. Um, you know, it, it, look, anyone who knows me knows that I preach the power of social media. Um, you know, it's a way to, you know, not only keep you top of mind with your existing customers, but also your your prospects. What are some tips you can give to, uh, to harness the power of social media? Yeah, so this is a great topic to go over. And, you know, first things first with social media, you want to make sure that your handles are, again, in your email signature, on business cards, on your website, invoices, on all ads. That way, you know, customers are able to find you. So that's pretty much kind of the biggest thing that we say. Um, and a big mistake sometimes that distributors can make on social media is thinking that it's a one-way conversation, um, which it's definitely not. And you want to make sure that your social media is best used when you adopt a community mentality, um, which means, you know, tagging others, commenting on others' posts. You want to share posts, ask your audience for their um, opinion and thoughts. So you want to have that open dialogue on social media. And again, not be um, nervous to, to put something out there. So you can even run contests and take some polls too to help that interaction flow. Um, another thing to use would be hashtags. Um, I know those can be a little like, what does a hashtag even do for you? But that's a great way for others to find you. And you know, if you're not so keen on what hashtag to use, all you'd have to do is just a quick Google search and that would be able to help. Um, pictures and videos are clearly huge on social media and you could ask customers um, of pictures or videos of using their promo and having it in action and then maybe post it and tag you. Those are great things to use and be able to reuse, reshare. Um, and if they don't want to do that, you could simply just maybe ask them to send you the picture or video so then you'd be able to post it. So again, it's all about just that interaction and getting out there 
and making those kind of connections. Uh, you want to remember to respond to every comment or message you get. Again, just having that open flow um, shows that you care and that you're invested. Um, even if somebody just sends an emoji, I mean, you saw it here on our Twitter space, we're emojiing and we're sending a wave back to somebody. So if somebody does that, you could simply reply with a, a thumbs up emoji if they give you a smiley face. You know, anything is a good interaction. And the more you engage with your audience, just the better it is. So you want to try and stay positive and clearly just avoid any heated topic or anything like that. So you stay in good standing on all platforms. Yeah. And I think it's important to also stress that this social media is social. You know, we want it, we want to engage. And if you want to really forge relationships on social media, it's up to you to, to use social media to create those relationships and to keep them going. I, you know, so often I see distributors, suppliers, all doing the same thing, and that's trying to sell, 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 sell on social media. Nobody, nobody embraces that. In fact, those companies that I see doing it all the time, they have less and less followers uh, every time I, I go to their their pages because that's not that's not content people are interested in seeing on social media. What they want is they want to get to know you. You know, that's how you really sell. You know, people buy from people they know. Um, you know, they don't buy from just a logo that's just trying to sell to them. They don't want that. They really want you to take the time to get to know them uh, and using social media. And, you know, we'll talk about this in a second. There are certain social media platforms that you can use that you can really get to know people. Um, you can find your customers in social media and you can use social media as a platform to, to really get to know your, know your prospects and your customers. And when I see people who, who are new to social media, who aren't really sure of how to use it, and I see them make this mistake over and over, you know, the biggest mistakes they make, like you said, it's, it's, it's a one-way conversation. They're, they're not really engaging with anybody. And that's, that's the disconnect. Those are the people that say social media doesn't work. Social media um, can't help my business. It's because they just don't understand how to use it. And that's, I think that is a, a big roadblock, not only in this industry, but a lot of industries. A lot of people don't know how to use it in the right way. They think that they just set up a page, they start posting content, and that the phone's going to start ringing and they're going to start getting business. That's not really how social media works. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's really the impetus of why I started up these conversations, uh, not only through uh, the audio chat, but also through my podcast is trying to educate people on how best that they can use social media for their businesses. Now, um, I mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about, um, you know, the networks. Um, can you tell me some of the networks you think are best for people to use? And then I'll sort of follow up with what I think uh, people should be using. Sure. So, I mean, some of the networks, Facebook and, you know, Instagram are really great for being out there. Again, one of the big important things is to just follow, you know, any of your customers or any brands that you may like and, and 
repost that, you know, people are already putting that content up there for you. So there's no reason that you shouldn't then be able to share it. I mean, that's great. It's already written, it's there. And you know, it's, it's easy enough to just then reshare yourself. Um, You could use if you're familiar, you know, with doing videos and things and wanting to make something, you know, a little funny with song and video reels and TikTok videos are great if you're familiar with TikTok to get on there as a network and just maybe showing your employees and your and your workspace. You know, again, it's that personal touch that you want to put out there. And, you know, it's more inviting and welcoming than, like you said, Vinny, just being all about the sale and, you know, putting up um, some product. You want to kind of invite them into your home as well. You know, you see these people on social media sharing. Maybe it's a work anniversary or a vacation. You know, you want to also put that out there. Maybe you're on vacation and you're wearing your favorite promote hat, you want to share that with the people that are following you. Definitely. Um, you know, and what I think, like, when I, when I think about this question, um, you know, I try to think, of, you know, from, from the, the 10,000 foot look, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't, you can't answer this question for, for every business, right? You know, I, I think about what network is best for your business. Well, I don't know what your business is. So, you know, everybody's different and you can answer this question so many different ways. Now, if I had to generalize this question, I would say Facebook, especially Facebook groups, is such a vital part of business today. And I because everybody there's there's a group for every business out there and you can go in there and you can prospect and people do it all the time. We have groups in this industry that people are using. Uh, you know, we have ASI members exclusive group. There's PPP where people are actually doing business. You know, I see it all the time. Now, Facebook is is massive and there are groups for every sort of, of business out there. And if you know where to go, you're going to find the right potential and, you know, the, the, the potential prospects that you're looking for. Now, I'll also say that Instagram is, is a very powerful tool as well. Uh, you know, Buyers are, are getting younger and younger, and I think millennials have the most buying power. Which network do does millennials love? Instagram. They love Instagram. If your business is on Instagram and you're doing some some great things, like you say, you know, you're you're harnessing the power of reels. You're harnessing um, you know, the power of imagery, which you know, visuals are powerful in social media. Then your your potential customers are gonna take notice of that. So you know that's. That's a tough question to answer because, you know, TikTok, I'm like, what, what, whose customer base is on, on TikTok in the last six months? I can now say everybody's customer base is on TikTok because so many people are on TikTok right now. Even me, like I'll just open up TikTok and then 30 minutes later, it feels like 10 seconds have gone by. I'm, I'm on TikTok for 30 minutes. It's an addiction. It sucks you in. And everybody should be on TikTok now. Four years ago, I said no way was TikTok right for this industry. Now I think everyone should be on TikTok. Um, so that an- the answer to that question can can go in so many different directions. But you know, to me, I, I think you have to know your business really well. You have to know you know who your buyers are, and you know that way you'll be able to to figure out which network. Uh, you should be on if you're if you're not on all of them if you have the time and you have the resources be on all the networks but make sure that that if you're going to be on the networks you know spend the time on those networks and and put the time in because there's nothing worse than a dormant uh, social media account 
Anyway, taking a sip there, I just said a lot. All right, so let's talk about catalogs. Do you believe in the power of catalogs, Erin? Yes. So I'm a big believer in the power of catalogs. I mean, I know that when I first receive a catalog myself, the first thing I do is look it over. I mean, I'm sure some of you could raise your hand and say the same thing. You get that catalog in your mailbox, you're going to flip through those pages. Um, So I'm a big believer still in catalogs. And I think that in our industry, they're they're really still important. Um, You know, your customers, they're no different. As I just said, they want to see the catalog full of promo And then they could reach out and ask you, you know, some more questions about it. And that's, again, how you can sort of keep the conversation going. Um, They might view the products and that could drive them to your website if you had the website or just place orders directly through you. Um, So catalogs are still very strong. And I think that a lot of companies aren't really doing them themselves. So, again, to stick with catalogs is then going to make you still, you know, look better in the in the long run what about um print or digital which one do you prefer or both yeah so great question there i think again print and digital it's not a question of both but sort of how they can work together so if you're putting a catalog out there you could possibly then send an email maybe a couple weeks later saying hey have you checked your email or you know i sent you something fun did you get a chance to see it and those are two different points that you're able to you know contact that customer first with the um the print piece and then with a digital follow-up uh, Another thing that you'd be able to do is have your catalog and use a QR code that they'd be able to scan directly from that print piece. And that could then link them maybe to um, to a website page, you know, so those are nice tie ins together for both print and digital. It's not kind of a one way street as to which is better. I love the idea of QR codes. I just had a podcast a few weeks ago about how the QR code has come back in a big way. Uh, you know, the pandemic sort of, um, you know, pushed QR codes back into the, you know, the the mindsets because everything, you know, touch free, you know, we wanted to, during the pandemic, touch as few things as possible. And then QR codes started to pop up. I remember 15 years ago or 10 years ago when they first came into the industry, they were hot for about 15 minutes. And then obviously they they sort of disappeared. But I think the technology has caught up to it. And they're they're starting to to come back, and, and I love the idea of of using them on catalogs. Now, you know, a few years ago we were talking about you know the death of print and the death of the of the print catalog. You know, my gut instinct tells me that just like you know newspapers and and traditional magazines, you know, I don't think print is going to fully go away. I you know, there's something about the tangible the genuine article that is holding something in your hand and actually reading it that I think is still going to resonate with a lot of people. Now I could be wrong 25 years from now when the older generation is phased out, you know, the, the baby boomers uh, are gone. Like will everything be digital? I don't know, but for some, for some reason, something tells me that print catalogs are, are going to be around for a long time, especially in this industry. And I know, you know, a bunch of you on the call know how this industry is slow to adapt. You know, we still send fax orders in this industry. Uh, you know, it's something that I was shocked when I joined 15 years ago that we were still using faxes and we're still using faxes in 2022. 
Um, so this is an industry that that is is slower to adopt um, some of the new technologies. But I do I do think in my gut that you know print catalogs are going to be be around for at least for the short term. They're not going away. Um, so let, let's talk about um, content marketing. Um, you know, in your uh, blog, you wrote that content marketing should be all about educate first and sell second. Um, you know, and I sort of think about that with social media, you know, so, social media should never be about selling first. You know, the selling part should always come after everything else. And part of what you should be doing with social media as in content marketing is educating. I think education, you know, helping your customers understand, um, you know, if you, if you are, you know, a subject at, you know, matter expert, use your knowledge, use your expertise and create content in social media. And, and that's the same principle that you're, that you say content marketing should be. Can you explain this approach and how it can work for your business? Sure, absolutely. So content marketing, as you kind of said, it's a fantastic way to build credibility and position yourself as the expert. You know, you want your customers to know that you believe in it, you're the expert, here are the reasons why. Um, so with most content marketing, it can come in the form of perhaps an article uh, to help educate the reader on a specific topic. Um, again, it's not all about the sale. And like you said, you want to educate first and then sell second. And these are just touch points for you to be able to make that close. Um, so a nice example here, I'll tie it back into, as I mentioned before, with real estate, you could, you know, target uh, the realtor clients in your area and send them maybe an article with the top five promo products for open houses. And then you could send that to your real estate clients and prospects. And again, with content marketing, it's just so effective. Because as we've said, it educates first and then it sells second. So again, you're not kind of throwing that sale at them, you know, 24-7. It's trying to educate, let them know what, you know, the industry is saying, what's popular these days, what's attracting um, maybe a younger audience perhaps. So you want to put that information together and say, hey, I found these like great stats. I mean, who doesn't, you know, love a stat? If you're not making that statistic up, you're obviously getting it from a bigger source. So it's great to share that type of information with your with your customers. Right. And I think it just creates another avenue of, of touch points, you know, with, with your with your clients. You know, it's something that is helpful. You know, you're you're trying to help your customers. They see it as help, but it's also a way for you to you know, keep, stay top of mind with your clients, you know, by sending them, you know, this content marketing, you're, you're staying top of mind. They're getting this content from you. They're remembering who you are and remembering the business. So when it comes time for, they have a need, they're going to remember you, you know, instead of staying completely silent and, and, and out of touch to me, I feel like the more touch points you have with your clients, you know, the better. And I think content marketing is a great way. Now, you also uh, mentioned uh, direct mail. Are you a believer in the lumpy mail approach? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, that's just kind of a great way for somebody to remember you. I mean, I know myself, if I get a magnet in the in the mail, perhaps it's a magnet with a calendar in there. You know, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to put it on my fridge and I might not be looking at it all the time, but maybe, you know, I'm 
I'm doing something, grabbing something, and I randomly see it. And I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I, I do need to call Danny's lawn service for, you know, some weeding in my backyard. Like, it's just going to be that added extra bonus to say, huh, that was that was really a clever of them. Like, I'm going to keep them in mind for next time I need something. Again, it's just that extra sort of added touch. Maybe they don't need the services right away. But the, the lumpy email is going to be something that they remember. And they might even talk to talk about it, you know, to to their own like employees themselves and say, you'll never see, believe what I got. I mean, I've brought examples myself of my own direct mail say, Hey, look at this like credit card company, what they sent me, you know, I'm not going to forget that it stuck out in the mail, like a sore thumb. So I do think that those are pretty memorable. And, you know, again, not a lot of people do it anymore. So it's a way to make yourself remember, rememberable and, and put yourself out there. Yeah. I love the idea of, of lumpy mail. And, you know, we've had these discussions at ASI for a while, you know, it's sort of died for a while. Um, and then all of a sudden it ramped back up, you know, people are excited to, to get mailings that are quote unquote lumpy, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's something inside. It's not your normal bill. Uh, you know, you're, you get excited about what could that potentially be. And I also love your, your example of, of the magnets that you can put on your, refrigerators now those those magnets are, are very powerful in that you walk past your refrigerator how many times a day probably if it for me it's about a hundred times a day i'm in the you know i'm in the uh kitchen constantly you're always seeing that magnet and when you have that magnet there it's it's such a powerful reminder of the brand and it's it's really really inexpensive uh, these magnets. So to me, I feel like that, that is, that's a clear win and all the businesses should be doing that. Um, so let's, before we get to any comments or questions, let's uh, talk about um, sponsoring charity events. Um, can you tell us how this, um, this, this avenue of, uh, like I said, sponsoring charity events could be a boon to your business? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, with nonprofits, they often have fundraisers, bingo nights, races, fashion shows, some other events to generate funds for a cause. And, you know, sponsoring these events, they not only get your, your name out there, but it also garners goodwill with the charity supporters. So it's just a nice way to show face and, you know, make connections of just being there in the community. And what if you're a business, you know, that doesn't have the funds to be a supporter? What can yeah, you absolutely. So, I mean, having the funds, not having the funds to be a supporter, you can always just volunteer at these events. I mean, these events are always looking for volunteers and people to be there. So offering to be a volunteer, again, would be a good way to just so support and goodwill. Great. Um, so before we get to our last question, if anybody has a comment or a question that they would love to share with us, uh, now is the time to uh, request the mic and I can get you up. So Aaron, before I let you go, I know it's Friday and, you know, it's a uh, summer week. It's the first summer weekend. Um, so let me ask you this last one. Events, they're back in a big way. I haven't seen, you know, the events as, as great as they've been since 2019, I guess, you know, 2020, obviously with the pandemic, 2021 um, was better, but still, we, we still had the specter of the variants out there. Um, so can you give us some advice on how to use these events as a 
a way to network and, you know, use them to your advantage. Yeah, so it's great having events back and, you know, people being together. And again, that sense of community. Um, events are great for networking, but they sometimes could also turn into everyone just trying to sell to each other. So, you know, you want your time will be better spent if you attend an event where networking is a part of it, but not the entire purpose. So you could look for different marketing seminars in your area or trade shows where you could also then discover new products. Um, and in an event that you attend as maybe there's a network happy hour or dinner, again, where you're just building those connections with as many people as possible. And then you'll perhaps walk away with some sales leads, knowledge that you could use for the future, or, you know, just some new product ideas to pitch to your own clients. Great, Aaron. So you're saying that if you're at a, uh, an event that's just networking specific, chances are that people are just going to try to sell to each other, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's not all about the sale. You know, again, it's about the people that you're coming in touch with, you know, and making that connection there with the network. So for an event like, say, the ASI show, that's a that's a good opportunity to to network with others. Definitely is. I mean, there are tons of different marketing seminars that are going on as well. So it's going to be packed full of, you know, different vendors and things like that. So it's, it's a great opportunity to just learn and invest in the industry. Have you been to an ASI show yet? Not yet, unfortunately. Uh, I'm hoping in 2023 to be going to my first one. But since I have only been with ASI for six months now, I haven't had the privilege myself yet. So it's on yeah, my radar. It's our, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great time, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, once you go you'll you'll understand how how busy everyone is, uh, but there is a lot of time for networking. There's a lot of um, education, there's a lot of uh, you know, time to to get together with others and really kind of um, you know, find out what you know, their interests are and you know, and I see it all the time at these shows. Uh, people are doing business with with each other uh, pretty much everywhere on the floor. Um, but anyway, uh, Aaron, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Um, for anybody who wants to get a hold of you, how could they do that? Yeah, so I want to thank you for having me. I think it was also a very good conversation, and I hope that, you know, the listeners had some takeaways from it. And if you want to reach out to me, you can use my email. It's erolo at asicentral.com. And Vinny, I don't know if there is a way for us to share or not, but if they're not familiar, we have the imprint, which is our blog posts, um, some great content marketing there that we could maybe share a link or a handle to that, um, that they'd be able to access our blog posts. Yep, I will share all that. I'm going to send um, a wrap-up tweet, and I'll make sure that everybody who is you know, on this chat will also get a copy of that link. Um, but again, Erin, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you all. I mean, again, I know finding new customers can be challenging, but you know, you just want to plan ahead and stay consistent. And that'll make things hopefully a little easier. Definitely. Well, thank you, Erin, so much. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Scott. Everyone have a great weekend.